0: Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. Well, for the younger listeners here this morning, I've got three things for you to be listening for. The first, Farmersville. Okay, my kid's already going to know it, but something to listen for. The second one, what is something that I know about stars? And the third, how many times do I say the word star? You might need a paper and pencil for that one. Well, when I was 22, I spent a summer living and working in Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. I worked in housekeeping, and on the weekends, I helped lead worship services in the outdoor amphitheaters for people in the park as a part of a group called the Christian Ministry in the National Parks. I didn't know anybody when I got there. And while I made friends, I spent a lot of time by myself, which maybe sounds depressing, but was actually really quite wonderful. I had just finished my first year of seminary, which was both wonderful and exhausting, and it filled me with all sorts of questions about my future. So some quiet time by myself was super helpful. While my family had done some tent camping while I was growing up, and dating my now husband Tim meant learning a lot about hiking and kayaking and camping, I hadn't really spent all that much time sitting outside at night looking up at the stars. In fact, I could name for you on one hand probably the times that I did that, where I sat outside in places with low light pollution and looked at the stars. This wasn't a lot of times and they were all memorable. But when I was in middle school, I spent a week without my parents, with my mother's family in Farmersville, Ohio. I'm sure you all know where Farmersville is, right? No. Okay, Farmersville is about half an hour outside of Dayton, and it's full of farms. Okay, so while I was there, I hung out with my cousins. There are a lot of them. I caught crawdads. I learned how to ride a horse. I fed the cow. I wasn't allowed to milk the cow. I don't know why, but I fed the cow. I listened to my aunts talk and talk and talk and talk, and I sat between bickering siblings not knowing what I was supposed to do. And I pretended to be a dog person around a lot of really big and really boisterous dogs. And I shared a room with my cousin, Lizzie. It was really wonderful. One of the things that I always had enjoyed as a child going to Farmersville, we would go every Christmas. I enjoyed that for just a few days, I didn't feel like an only child. I was in the middle of something busier, chattier, and filled with a different energy. But what I didn't understand until that whole week I spent in Farmersville is that I also really loved being an only child. One night while I was there, I slipped outside and I sat on the swing set watching the lightning bugs and the heat lightning and staring at the stars in a state of pure astonishment. See, we didn't have these things in the big city of Rochester, New York, where I grew up. I must have sat there for over an hour. And I later learned that my cousin was really worried about this strange behavior, and she asked her mom if I was okay, to which she replied, she's an only child, she needs a break. (laughs) So by the time I got to the Tetons, I knew I loved sitting out looking at the stars, but living in cities like Chicago didn't afford me many opportunities to really see them. So I would go outside every night to look at them. I would lay on this very old Chase lounge with my Discman and headphones. If you don't know what a Discman is, that's fine. Just ask your parents about it. And I would lay there with my Discman looking up at the stars and just being don't worry. I only had the headphones on one ear so that I could listen in case there was a grizzly that might come by. And then I just stayed really close to the door of the dorm so I could run in if I needed to. That was actually a concern. There, there really were grizzlies. Anyway, but I loved it. And so one night, a friend convinced me to be just a little more daring. And we walked about two minutes away from said dorm. And up on this hill, and we spread out our blankets, and we looked up at the sky. And I started going on and on about how beautiful it is, and nature is so amazing, and God is present, and this is amazing, and living in a national park. And do you see the stars? They're so pretty with like, that just little like wisp of a cloud through them. And she said, what cloud? I said, the wispy one through them. She said, Lindsay, that's the Milky Way. The Milky Way? You can see the Milky Way? Yeah, she never sat out with one the stars with me again. Just that, just that one time. See, I'm not a wise man, <laughs> or a magi, it turns out. I don't actually know anything about stars or galaxies or planets. This summer, my boys, my elementary school boys, were laughing at me because I have no idea what cosmic background radiation is. Maybe some of you do. Max could explain it. Ryan could explain it. I've got nothing for you. But just because I don't know all the fancy words and the theories doesn't mean that the way I look at the stars isn't wise. I'm just more of a shepherd than a magi. Looking up at the stars is one of the only times that my mind actually clears. I realize the vast infinity that is around me, how small I am in comparison, and my brain starts hurting thinking about how the universe is expanding, and then my brain just turns off, and I get to feel wonder and be overcome by beauty. Have you ever had that experience? I don't know if there's anything more wise than that. In her poem, Star-Giving, Anne Weems writes, what I'd really like to give you for Christmas is a star. Brilliance in a package, something you could keep in the pocket of your jeans or in the pocket of your being, something to take out in times of darkness, something that would never snuff out or tarnish, something you could hold in your hand, something for wonderment, something for pondering, something that would remind you of what Christmas has always meant, God's Advent light into the darkness of this world. See, what I know about stars is the same thing I know about God. They're always there. Whether we see them or not, whether we acknowledge their presence as we go about our busy lives, stars are just up there shining away ready to be used for navigation or to be admired for their beauty or to humble us and remind us of our place in this world. Williams continues on, but stars are only gods forgiving, and I must be content to give you words and wishes and packages without stars. While I want to harness the power to change the world as I see fit, while I want to control what happens to me and my family on a daily basis, while I want to fix the things that are broken in my life, while I want to fix the things that are broken in the world, while I want to take all of the pain and the suffering from your lives and give you back only joy that can never be tarnished, I can't. But I can point to the stars. And to the, to the star, the one that God sent to light the world, to guide the way toward the one who can. The one whose birth upset the status quo and set the marginalized singing praise and brought the powerful to their knees. The one whose love is greater than anything we can imagine. The one who offers grace and forgiveness at every turn. And so it is with weems that I say, I cannot give you a star, but I can wish you life as radiant as the star that announces the Christ child's coming and is filled with awe as the shepherds who stood beneath its light. And I can pass on to you the love that has been given to me, ignited countless times by others who have knelt in Bethlehem's light. Perhaps, if you ask, God will give you A star. The magi were given a star, and they followed it. In so doing, they were present to each other, to God, and to their community, because they not only listened and trusted their gut, but they started walking together. And after traveling a long way, like years of traveling, they found Jesus, and they worshipped him. In all of this, they gained wisdom that I'm sure they never could have imagined while just sitting in their home studying the sky. And this wisdom led them to return home another way, for the world was changed, and they were changed, and returning home was no longer the same thing as going back. I believe God has given us a star And all too often we ignore it or believe that it's tarnished or snuffed out. We let the world convince us that there's nothing left to wonder at within the gloom of the nations. But what if we dared to believe Isaiah? What if we dared to hold his message close rather than an intellectual arm's distance? What would it be like to embody these words, Arise, shine your light Has come, the glory of the Lord has shone upon you. You will see and be radiant. Your heart will tremble and break open. God has given a star, and we are called to follow it. We don't know where it will lead exactly, but in following it, we will experience Jesus in our midst. And as we do this together, we will add our light to the world, becoming beacons for God in our midst here and now, now, here, this. In just a moment, you will be invited to come forward and add your name to a star that will metaphorically be added to the sky, reminding us all visibly and tangibly of our presence with one another. You'll also get to write your name on a star that someone else will take home, and that person will pray for you, just as you pray for the person whose star you take home. Because even when we're not sitting right next to each other, we can be present to one another through prayer. In the coming weeks, we will also add stars, naming the ways that we're present to God and to our community. Are you hearing this familiar theme that Ryan talked about? So you'll come for it and you'll write your name, and then you can pick up a star word, which is literally a word written on a star. We hope that you'll keep this star word near you throughout the year and use it as an invitation to practice presence, as a summons to prayer, as a tool for discernment, to create and to nurture the habit of seeking God in the most unexpected of places. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, to follow Jesus wherever he might lead you. And if you're worshiping from home, we have not forgotten you. We are so grateful for you and your presence in our midst. And so please email me or call me and make sure that I know how to write your name properly and that I have the correct address so that I can write your name on a star to add and send you a star word and the name of someone to pray for. In this coming year, may we all follow the star that God has given. May we seek the one who sought us all. May we offer the gifts we have to those that we meet on the path. May we listen to wisdom that comes to us from angels and friends and in dreams. May we remember that just going back does not return us to where we need to be, and in so doing, may we pass on the love which has so freely been given to us. Hallelujah. and Amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.